I'm Ken. I'm Deanna. And um, this is... Pumpkin Spice Thrillers. <laughs> uh, scary movies for basic people. Welcome. Me and Ken hang out one night, decide to watch Swim Fan. Um, iconic. Iconic. <laughs> iconic. Iconic early 2000s, late 90s movie. And um, he brought up the fact that there's this whole genre of movies that is both scary and arousing. <laughs> and, and the two threads are deeply intertwined. You never know how to feel. Um, and we love them. Yeah. Yeah. And so just to kind of share this love with some more people. Um, and also we, you know, Deanna and I love podcasts. Um, we love listening to recaps of our favorite sort of TV shows week to week. Um, and so we thought what could be more timely than covering movies, many of which are <laughs> a dozen or more yes. years old. Um, and just like <laughs> recapping, <laughs> just in the off chance that you also recently saw yeah, this yeah. Or saw old it 15 years ago. movie, or saw it 15 years ago, or never saw it, never will. Um, so. so the movie we decided to kick off with is The Talented Mr. Ripley. Um, I think 1999. 1999 film. Well, why did we pick this movie, Ken? Well, so, okay, um, personal history with this movie, I've always kind of uh, remembered seeing maybe just like a couple clips as a child. Um, I only remember the bathtub scene, spoiler, mm-hmm. um, surprise. With, with the chest? <laughs> with the uh, chest. Mm-hmm. Jude Law, Matt Damon, will they or won't they? Um, they don't, but yeah, we'll get spoiler, there. Spoiler, we'll Jude Law's butt looks great in that Spoiler, scene. everybody looks great. Oh, that's actually Everybody true. looks so great in so this good. movie, except for Silvana, but we'll get there. Uh, Recently, was on vacation, was like looking for a PST to just sink my teeth into. Um, landed on Talented Mr. Ripley, the book. Mm. So read the book, fucked up, just a fucked up book. So good, so crazy. Mm. I mean, you've seen the movies, you get the broad stroke. Is it? True um, to the book. It's pretty true. Pretty much all of the major plot points happen, but they change. They like add some characters in the movie. They change some stuff. They make um, in the book. There's no reference to music at all. Nobody's into music oh, or into painting. But I guess oh. they figured it would be like more fun to like go out to a jazz club than yeah. to like paint quietly in your bedroom. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of some of the differences. But loved the loved the book. Curious to finally see the movie for real. Um, it had kind of like loomed in my consciousness as, as a good movie. Um, and, yeah. So, How about you? Oh, so Do this you was a first viewing. This is my first actual okay. viewing. What about you? So me, um, you know, I'm in sixth grade. A good friend of mine, family friend, Jane. Call out to Jane. <laughs> she was obsessed with Matt Damon. I was obsessed with Freddie Prince Jr. Oh. Terrible taste. Terrible. <laughs> great, 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 All of his great, movies great. were terrible. Great. But we both had our obsession. I was also a Freddie Prince Jr. guy. Right. So. Just a string of terrible movies. Just, yeah. Um, um, which were all kind of like the same plot. Over also, over. Freddie Prince Jr., um, probably 1999 movie, Down to You. Watch that uh, one. Co-starring Julia Stiles, oh, who Julia. later co-stars with Matt Damon. In, in Born, Born Identity. Identity. Yes, so I everybody see. just meets up in the middle, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You know? Six Hollywood, I tell you. Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All is the same uh, movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think this loomed into my consciousness because she was really into it. I don't actually remember if I watched it until like college, but I probably was still like 
too confused and scared of sexuality to really embrace the movie. Mm, but shout I probably, out to your parents. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Asian parents. Um, but yeah, so this was a... I probably watched in the last five years, but this was a nice re-watching. Okay, great. So mm-hmm. coming into it, were you pretty... Like, were, was anything a surprise when you watched um, it? You were like, I remember I all of these say, things. plot-wise... I picked up on more stuff that I didn't pick up on before, like how his the first scene and then the last scene, it's like the same scene, mm. right? Like, so we'll get into the summary shortly, right. oh, yes, yes, yes. but it's kind of like a recall, so I didn't yeah. notice that. And also, it was very long. Yeah, it was long. Uh, two hours, 19 minutes. <laughs> long. And I would say more like um, a gentle suspense <laughs> than, than, than sharp thrilling psychosexual mm. vibes okay right like right, a latent right, right, right. pst fog right just slowly simmering yes got I mean, it. a couple little points boiling points but got it got it yeah um okay so high level summary yes how would you explain this movie okay to friend? great question so long story short he basically meets these rich um older parents of a guy named dicky who is in italy um, who uh, is kind of squandering his wealth there, I suppose. And he gets asked to go there and try to uh, bring him home to New York. And these wealthy parents kind of charter or, or kind of, I guess, kickstart his trip for him by paying for everything, giving him uh, an allowance and all that. Yeah, so he goes to Italy and he kind of gets embroiled into Dickie's life. But all throughout, he's basically faking it. He's pretending that they went to college together. He's pretending to like the things he likes. And um, he ends up just kind of tricking everybody and killing a bunch of people. Mm. Am I doing a good summary? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I think the most interesting thing is he basically kind of kills people and takes over their identity. Got it really it. is just Dickie, I guess. Got kind of talk about... Okay, so my first impression I had, opening yeah, yeah, yeah. scene, um, Tom is, like, first meeting Dickie's mm-hmm. parents. Yep. And I noticed that the dad is definitely someone you've seen, like, a thousand times, that actor. Totally. Did he look familiar to you, Kate? Totally, totally. Right. So his name is James Rebhorn. Okay. He was in White Collar. Great. Homeland, Independence Day. Wow. Meet okay. the parents. Okay. My cousin Vinny. Wow. Right. So he's yeah. like a very maybe I've actually noticed his face. This in guy later is working movies. a lot. Yeah. He yeah. also passed away in twenty fourteen to melanoma. Uh, so, shout out to James. <laughs> uh, rest in peace. Great work in this movie. Yes. Um. So yeah, like that was my first thought, and then so he meets them, and he's like, "Please go and find my son, you guys." Oh, so he wore this jacket that was a Princeton jacket he borrowed from someone. This guy thinks that he went to Princeton with his son, asks Tom to go get his son from Italy, convince him to come home. So before his trip, he's like practicing jazz because mm. he finds out that Diggy's into jazz. Practicing jazz, and by practicing jazz, we just mean practicing and listening. <laughs> yes, he's giving himself yes. like. Jazz pop quizzes. Yes, and and I think it's very interesting. He did a very kind of like Asian thing, which is trying totally. to memorize. He's records. trying to memorize. Yeah, explain that scene, Ken. Totally. So he's blindfolded, sitting in his apartment. Which, by the way, we're trying to set up. It was very economically done. I felt like you wanted to be like, oh, his life in New York is so shitty. Of mm-hmm. course, he would want to escape it. So I have him listening to jazz music, blindfolded. He has this like silky eye mask listening to Chet Baker and he literally has three jazz records in front of him. Like one is Chet <laughs> Baker, one is Dizzy Gillespie and he's like sitting there blindfolding himself being like, who is it? Who is it? I don't, who could it, is it? No, it could, could it be? It's not, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then he takes off his blindfold. He's like, oh, it's Chet Baker. Yeah. Of right. course. Which he, presumably since he's all alone and he put the record on <laughs> and 
Yeah, how did he, he even not again, know literally which only owns two records? Yeah, that's a great um, point. You would think it would be easier, and yet, big victory for him when he does uh, realize uh, that he knows. But again, shout out to this like economical scene work, Anthony Magella, um, because he's listening to jazz in his apartment, and then all of a sudden, it's like in his tiny basement apartment, it's like crashing down around him, like people fighting or having sex right above right. him super loudly. Yeah. Um, you're just like, I get it. We get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shitty apartment. Yep. Totally. And when he emerges from the basement level to get in the cab, bunch of pigs getting pigs killed. Pigs getting killed. Yep. Is that the meatpacking I district? I think it's a nod meat to the meatpacking. <laughs> also, I thought, are those like the corpses of the body he kills later? Are they? A little foreshadowing. A little foreshadowing. Yeah. A little spoiler. Yeah. Oh, but one more piece of foreshadowing. He listens to My Funny Valentine mm. and he says, I don't even know if it's a man or a woman. Which I feel like, is that some kind mm. of the gen... Not his sexual fluidity the gender that he later... Queer, like, right, which I love creatives. to kind of get into because I'm not Definitely. quite sure I quite understand that. Definitely. Um, is there anything we want to talk to before he gets to Italy? Any other notes? You know, I think I was... Did you feel like... I mean, it felt a little rushed. In it felt beginning. a little... I mean, <laughs> nothing about this movie felt rushed. Let's be clear about Should've that. three hours. But just in terms of... I don't know. Like, the guy says, I'll send you, like, please bring my son home. Right. They've had one conversation. It's... I don't even know. I mean, he he seems to think that... He seems to think that just because they were classmates in right. school, right. him showing up, he'll be able to convince him to come back. Right. Why he thinks that's true right. is very unclear. Great I mean, point. he clearly doesn't think they're best friends because he doesn't think... He's just... Never it, met him. It's not like they think that they've met him before or right. that they've heard about him. Right. They just see the Princeton jacket. And let me say, if my parents <laughs> ran into a random college classmate of mine... <laughs> who I didn't even know or was acquainted with generally, (laughs) like convince our son to do literally anything. Nothing could convince me less. Agreed. I would say that's very true. Like if, yeah, just like, oh, you guys went to the same school. Like go convince him to come home when I can't convince him to come home. Just like particularly, can you imagine just like somebody from your dorm freshman year (laughs) that you like maybe ran into in the hall bathroom once or twice just being like, your parents have set me to bring you home. Well, if they did an accent the way, or an imitation. True. Imitated my parents the way. So, so, okay, we'll just get there. So anyways, uh, this guy, Dickie Greenleaf, the parents give Tom money. He goes to Italy. He, uh, kind of runs into them on the beach. Mm. Um, once he gets to Italy and then just runs up to them and be like, oh, didn't we go to college together? And just kind of lobs on to them. Mm. Um, which, also that beach scene. That beach scene. Yeah. Should we talk about... Talk about the beach neon scene. Neon green Speedos that Matt Damon's character yeah. wears with dress shoes. With dress shoes. That's actually an element that's an important call-out in the book. Oh, interesting. Um, I, don't, I don't know why they did decide to translate into the movie. I guess it wasn't that important, but it was noted in the book that yeah. he, he felt so out of place. He didn't have any beach shoes. Yeah. He didn't have any sandals. Yeah. So he had to wear his dress shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but yeah, that lime green Speedo yep. looked a little diapery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, a lot of the other Italian men, they had very high cut. They had high like cut. butt cheeks out. Speedos. Yeah. Uh, high-waisted, high cut. Yeah. Um, Jude Law went with a tasteful trunk that yeah. looked 
Great. Great. He looked Jude great. Law oh in God, this Jude movie. Law. Let's Jude get this movie. to yes, it. Yes, he looked fantastic. I think I Google imaged him, and now he has more of a receding hairline, which is sad, but back then... I mean, cool. Deanna and I both did kind of a deep dive into the young Pope uh, a few yes, months true, back, true, true. and Jude Law, fantastic in that. Fantastic. Absolutely. A little less of a sexual yeah. Yeah. Uh, presence yeah. on the screen in certain cases, but um, although shout out to older men, <laughs> shout, shout out to daddies, um, but zaddy, um, but yeah, Jude Law in this movie, I didn't realize that I, I mean, I, I never thought that I was a Jude Law kind of guy, but yeah. I don't think I he's ever looked that great in any other he's, movie. He, he looks like gold. He looks fantastic. His hair. In this entire movie. Ugh. Everything. The charisma, everything. And the clothes. So fun. And the clothes. Honestly, speaking of the clothes, I just wanted to crawl inside this movie <laughs> and live there until oh. the like fucked up murders start happening. Yeah. But like it was so 1950s Italian glamour. They're all just like living in these amazing palazzos, yes. like sailing and swimming off of their yes. sailboats. Like martinis and spritzes Martinis constantly mixing up a batch of yeah. martinis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go nowhere yeah. where someone there cannot mix you up a batch of martinis. Exactly. Buying an icebox. It was very glamorous. Like yeah. I want to live in that tiny 1950s town the entire thing. Felt like a fucked up under the Tuscan sun. Yeah. Here for fucked it. Fucked up under the Absolutely. Tuscan sun. Absolutely. So that was kind of my first half of the movie, just like vibing on Italy. Yes. Vibing like on little scooters. Scooters. And there's like a black mesh shirt. Oh, uh, there are some like mesh. Just he had mesh. like a mesh button up polo. Yeah. Kind of, but it was cute. Oh, everything short was short sleeved. Everything. Gwyneth, uh, who's his girlfriend, Marge. Constantly in different patterned shirts. Uh, very skinny. She let's get to Gwyneth first. Yeah. I also, Gwyneth, a vision in this movie. Yeah. I felt so fresh Beautiful. Faced. Beautiful. Yeah. They were Such all like presence. in their prime. Then. They were in their prime. Yeah. Matt Damon has looked better to me, but I do, do you feel like, I mean, I guess that was his amazing acting. He's not supposed to be particularly appealing as yeah. Tom Ripley. And no, I did not, not find him appealing as no. Did you find it appealing when he pretended to be Dickie? When he pretended to be Dickie, he immediately got 20% more attractive. Right. I would say 20% Yeah, 20% good. for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of the hair. When he would muss it back mm. up to Tom, it was... Yeah, and that corduroy jacket. Uh, yeah. The much the maligned corduroy jacket. So do you think when he pretended to be Dickie, so um, again, we're jumping ahead. He eventually, yeah. sorry, he just eventually kills Dickie <laughs> and starts pretending oh, yeah. to be yeah, Dickie yeah, yeah, yeah. and also himself at different points. At different points. To make it seem like both people were alive. Very complicated. Very complicated. Hard to get into. Read the wiki. <laughs> but when he was pretending to be Dickie, do you think he just didn't see anything because he didn't wear his glasses? I was thinking <laughs> about that. His entire time as Dickie is he literally like right and the one thing I did notice is even as Dickie he put on his glasses during the opera scene uh, to okay, see cool. what happened on the opera, which is also interesting because my sense of opera is it's really more about the hearing than the seeing. Mm. I mean they're mostly kind of standing there. Although the scene in the opera where one guy murders the other guy and the blood fans yes. out was very dramatic yes. and beautiful. And very Hamilton also actually yeah. that duel. Yeah. Very um but yeah, okay, so they become close basically to like Yes, let's just catch like, up. Catch up. So he comes to Italy. Italy's gorgeous. He's on the beach. He like meets these people, um, and it's very, uh, it's very sneaky how he mm-hmm. 
kind of ingratiates himself because mm-hmm. I guess, I guess the parents are thinking, well, he's friends with our son, mm-hmm. so he'll just go and they'll meet up and they'll be good. But mm-hmm. of course, Tom didn't go to Princeton, has never met Dickie before and mm-hmm. needs to convince him that he has met him mm-hmm. before and needs to kind of get into his good graces. So he pretends he's just passing through. He kind of snags an invitation to lunch. Oh, oh, the scene where he's about to leave because it's like, oh, we're not coming. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're talking about lunch. Lunch. They get to lunch and he starts to kind of ingratiate themselves, himself with them. Um, and then I guess we're supposed to believe that he's just given up on trying to fully trick him or maybe his allegiance has shifted to Dickie. But early on... He, at the very first lunch that they have together, he reveals to Dickie that Dickie's father was paying him Mm. to come and bring his son back. So he kind of, the jig was up. Mm -hmm. Um, And he basically imitates the dad to Jude Law and freaks him out because he's so good at the imitation. He does, he does. Which also, I will say, was a little bit lost on me, not knowing the dad very well. I couldn't tell if it was a good impression. It's just like a deeper voice. Yeah, it just just didn't seem... (laughs) It was hard because it was an extended scene where we're supposed to believe Matt Damon is this crazy, amazing imitator of people, and it just was very hard to tell mm-hmm. if he was a good imitator of this person that we've barely spent any time with or That's not. Um, but ends up saying Italy becomes close, um, and then again sneakily uses his pop quiz knowledge of jazz mm-hmm. to get Dickie to like him more, take him to a jazz club, and mm-hmm. next thing you know, he is in. Right. He's like part of their lives. They're like a threesome now. He gets in with Marge. He gets in with Marge. Up with her. A little bit. Although it's it's always unclear. Like sometimes Marge feels a little, seems like she feels competitive with him. Right. Uh, sometimes she is like actually very sweet and kind to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because what starts to happen is um, Tom is clearly having the best experience he's ever had mm-hmm. in his entire life, just like glory days living this wonderful life, spending uh, Dickie's dad's money and hanging out with, you know, on the Italian coast. But talk about when that starts to shift for Mm. him, Yeah, Yeah, that's a great point. So where I would say it starts to shift when they go to Rome, right? Mm, So prior to that, they're like, you know, always having lunch together, going out to the club, sailing the three of them. And then one weekend, Dickie and Tom go to Rome. And it's not just the two of them in Rome. They meet up with Freddie. Freddie Miles. So we have to talk about Freddie Miles. Freddie Miles is Dickie's actual Princeton bud. Played by? Played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Who, I, a young Philip Seymour okay, Hoffman. Okay, so is Philip Seymour Hoffman like the same age as Drew Law and them? Confusing. I, yeah, Let's I never thought that they were the same age, but he is a very larger-than-life character, immediately sees through Tom, shout, you know, calls out his um, crappy corduroy jacket, makes fun of him, and basically uh, Philip C- Seymour Hoffman and uh, Jude Law start going out for the weekend and excluding mm. Tom. They kind of ditch him. He goes back to, I guess, the, the coastal town by himself, he starts wearing Dickie's clothes. Oh yeah, so that's his... a big scene. It was this was actually a very cringeworthy scene. I mean, this movie yes. is full, full of cringeworthy full, scenes, full, full. but particularly the scene where they meet up with Freddie and Dickie's just suddenly over Tom. Yes, like they plan this whole weekend, gonna do everything together, and 
the second that Freddie, this kind of like negative booze hound, yeah. like Freddie's the kind of guy bully. Freddie's the kind of guy who like sees weakness mm-hmm. and just goes Raise after it. it. Yeah. Person during their first breakup mm. reacts to Dickie's winning enthusiasm by grabbing on harder, mm-hmm. just being like, no, come with me. Don't leave. Don't do your thing. I thought we were going to do this. Yep. I thought you were going to buy me a jacket. Yep. What about this? What yep. about that? Yep. Yep. Thirsty, we suddenly start thirsty. to see that is not how Dickie operates. Mm-mm. Nope. And and Marge says something like, you know, one moment he's into you, you're the new person in his life, and the light shines, and then he's over you, and then mm-hmm. the sun goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Marge really showing, like, a lot of depth of feeling for Tom, even though we see from some comments that she's, again, like, maybe not thrilled that he's mm-hmm. part of this threesome. Like, she really can see Tom is hurting mm-hmm. from this sort of quasi from this cold shoulder from mm-hmm. Dickie. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, can we talk about how Dickie catches Tom Oh, yes, yes, yes. Very clothes, important, very Not important. listening to jazz, but... So, setting it up, setting it up, um, they, as Jana was saying, ditch, Dick, ditch Tom, Dickie ditches Tom in Rome, Tom catches the train back, Dickie misses the train. Mm-hmm. Cut to... Yes, Tom. Uh, cut to uh, Tom is wearing uh, Dickie's clothes because Dickie's like, we won't buy you a jacket, just take one of mine. So he's supposedly going through his clothes. He has, you know, no pants on, only boxers. He's wearing, yeah. like, his shirt. He's wrapping a scarf around him. He's big boxer shirts. So big, big. Like significantly <laughs> bigger than the Speedo that we see him in yeah. in, in yeah. the very first Billowing scene. shorts. Um and he's listening to some music. It's not jazz, right? It's what he it's truly jazz, enjoys. Or it's like is... older, but it's not, it's like between. It's yeah. not classical no. and it's not jazz. It's like, it's like Sinatra. It's like, it's like old time. It's probably, it's like frumpy old people yeah, jazz. Like just like what, you know, people who love jazz would think it's corny. And like, I would assume based on the way he's dancing around, because this is one of the first scenes where we see mm-hmm. Matt Damon as maybe Gay. I mean, yeah. we've seen some attraction between him and Dickie already. Yes. He's clearly smitten with Dickie either, you know, in a sort of more of a friend way or maybe more of a sexual way. Um, but specifically in this scene, we see him dancing around in a way that's very feminine mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. supposed to be seem gay. And it makes me think that maybe this music also, like, to this mm-hmm. era of people, like, maybe this music would have been considered a little mm-hmm. bit gay. Like... Is this the share mm-hmm. of Liberace? Is this the Barbara Streisand? Is yes. this kind of, why can I not think of any actual <laughs> modern gay music? Kylie Minogue. No, Kylie Minogue. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. So Dickie walks in to him doing this, very upset. Why are you wearing my clothes? Can you get undressed somewhere else? Like, why are you here? Of course, Freddie drove me back. Freddie's here. He's staying. Next day, they're on the sailboat again. Freddie's there this time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's when Marge um, extends a sympathy to Tom. And then here's a sexual scene mm-hmm. where uh, basically Tom watches Marge and Dickie having sex mm-hmm. downstairs. Yep. Yep. And then Freddie calls him out for peeping. Mm-hmm. Very awkward scene. Very cringeworthy scene. Yes. Um... And this all kind of leads into something we referenced earlier, Silvana. Mm. Um, Dickie, it turns out, has been dicking a local <laughs> woman named yes. Silvana on the side. Silvana 
I'm sure is a beautiful woman. They are not doing her yeah, any favors I in this don't movie. She's not set up as like a beautiful temptress. No. She's set up as like a frumpy little tomboy. Yes, the haircut. That haircut and just and like always scowling. Yeah. Like she and selling especially vegetables put, in the rudest selling way. Selling vegetables in the rudest way. And you also just don't I mean, I get it. Like, do you remember when um Hugh Grant was dating Elizabeth Hurley, and she was, like, the most beautiful woman in the world at the time. And yes. he was caught banging that incredibly ugly hooker, just, like, the world's ugliest hooker. It was like, okay, I get it. Like, sometimes... Yeah, do you think it's just speaks Perfection to his... is too boring or too much. Maybe and you it just, just speaks like, to his, like, urge to have dalliances. Anyone, totally. You know? Anyone. He just anyone. He can't control. He just wants something new. He can't control it. Um, he also, I mean, it does seem... This town is very small. There are like mm-hmm. 10 people who live in this town. Yep. Also, he'll literally say goodbye to Marge and five seconds yes. later, like run after Silvana. So not the most discreet, although no. Marge seems not to know about Silvana. Specifically, no. Specifically, considering she's like kind to her when she's buying vegetables. Mm, true. Um, but yes. they're hooking up with Silvana and then in a really kind of beautiful scene. Yes. They're celebrating the festival of the Madonna. They're like, these men are in the water bringing up the statue of the whole Mary. Town. The whole town is there. Um, and you see Silvana's dead body floating in the water. Yep, yep. And she, we find out, has killed herself because she's pregnant with Dickie's child. Mm-hmm. Gone to him, asked for help. He said no. So he's very torn up when it's happening. Completely loses it. Tom and... Um, Marge are like, what the hell? Why is he freaking out about this? Totally. Um, but again, I think another inflection point. Totally. His relationship. He's very dark about it. Uh, he tells Tom what happens, and Tom's like, I'll promise never to tell anyone. This is between us. It's our little secret. Totally. Trying to ingratiate himself, and Dickie's not into that dynamic. Totally. Also such a, um, yeah, Matt Damon, Tom Ripley, really becoming creepier and creepier in the scene. Like, we're brothers. Yeah. I'll take the secret. You can even blame me. You can say that I was the one who impregnated her. Yeah. Like, I'll do anything for yeah. you. Just, like, pretty heavy and a lot. Um, which kind of leads us to um, what looks briefly like they're buds again, but yeah. um, pretty much the permanent breakup. Mm-hmm. So, Tom thinks we're back to normal. We're all going to be, like, chilling, hanging out. Um Turns out Dickie has other ideas and is like, you know what? We're not going to do any of those things we talked about before. We're not going on the ski trip. We're not doing this. And in fact, you know, we see this with Dickie time and time again. He's on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. He is done with Mangiabello, the town he lives in. He wants to move north to San Remo. Mm-hmm. He wants to... He's done with the sax. He wants to start playing the drums. Mm-hmm. He's like ready for something new, which is something we see with him with people. With what's what Marge says whenever anybody new comes into his life, he's obsessed with them mm-hmm. and forgets everybody else. Um, the great line from Marge: mm-hmm. uh, "When Dickie feels good about you, it's as though the sun is shining mm-hmm. on you." And then when he's moved on, becomes very very cold. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Marge. Mm-hmm. Great line. Great, great line. line. Great line, Gwyneth Paltrow. We should have her on. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. She's in next week. Yeah. Any of these people, <laughs> including Sylvana, on the show. Yeah, let's get Sylvana. Any time, would love to chat about these experiences. But it's pretty much the permanent breakup, and um, uh, but in in a way that I don't quite understand, and I'd be curious for your take on this. Um, it, like it's pretty clear that 
that Dickie is starting to become kind of creeped out by Tom and realize that Tom like isn't that great and maybe yeah. doesn't have that much to offer personally. Um, and yet, instead of just being like, you know what, it's over, he says, you know what? One last hurrah. One last hurrah. Let's go on this trip to San Remo. And I don't know if that's the kind of thing, like, it's, you know, if you want to break up with someone, you could just break up with them, and that could be painful. Or you could break up with them by being like, you're great, but I'm going to move. With my girlfriend. Or like, I'm going to move far away. And yeah. it's not personal. It's not yeah. about you. It's just like, I'm moving. Like, yeah. if only we could be together, but we can't be. Yeah, moving. I think like, given how disgusted he was at Tom in certain scenes by yeah. that point and creeped out and just weirded out by his general affection, it does seem strange to do another boys trip. It does. Yeah, it does. I would agree with that. Oh, this is after, we, we reference this in the beginning, this is after um, Tom plays chess with oh, Dickie while Dickie's in the tub. Oh, psychosexual scene. Very psychosexual team. Please explain it. Um, so they're sitting in the tub. This, again, shout out to my younger self, only scene that, I, that kind of stuck out to me in this movie. Um, Jude Law is in the tub. Tom, Matt Damon, is sitting outside the tub. They're chatting. They're playing chess. Um, and Matt Damon kind of eases into this topic of siblings it says oh you're an only child that means you've never shared a bath with anyone pregnant pause mm. can I get in mm-hmm. it's, it's cold, cold. here mm-hmm. I'm cold can I get in mm-hmm. they look at each other Matt Damon flits his hand around in the water oh, a little bit oh, the very blue water the yeah, weirdly blue water wondering. it's like the it Salt? was like the blue lagoon in yeah. in Iceland like yeah. weirdly blue same notice that antifreeze well. yeah <laughs> um they look at each other Jude Law slowly and this was actually a moment where I didn't know what was going to happen I didn't yeah. know if Jude Law was going to be like get on in yeah um but he just looks at him and says no and Matt Damon covers it up by saying like not With I didn't mean while you were in it yeah July gets out naked and just like presents himself. Ugh, for that ass. Man, that ass. Um, and there's just some more scenes of, of looking, but mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So that was, I would say, very psychosexual scene. Definitely. But then the ultimate psychosexual scene happens in San Ramos. Mm. So they go to San Ramos, they have a night jazz club, champagne, yada, mm-hmm, yada. Mm-hmm. The next day they're on like a little tiny boat. He's like, oh, this is how I find my place in Montebello. I just sailed around until I saw something I liked. This is July. He's like, and then I got it. So they're in the boat. And can do you remember what caused the fight? I can't. Um, so they're going around in the, in the... Oh, they're going around the boat. I do actually remember this. And this is actually quite different than in the book. Um, but in the movie, they're in the boat and having a nice time. And Tom says... Let me tell you about my plans, by the way. Oh, like, I have this yes. plan. Yes, yes, How yes. about yes. we move together? Yes. We split an apartment. We, we split the, the cost of a house. Yeah. I'll get a job. No longer just freeloading. Like, yeah. whatever, whatever. Um, Dickie's like, mm, I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, it's probably not convenient. Mm-hmm. I can work. And he's like, well, what if I got a place in Rome? You got a place here. And we could just always be together. And then we'd have two places. And we could be in Rome. We could be here. We could be mm-hmm. there. We could go wherever. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, uh, I mean, we've all been probably on both sides of this type of conversation oh, before. Mm-hmm. Just saying like, yeah, like would love so much mm-hmm. to would literally love nothing more than to do exactly <laughs> that with you. However, but 
can't and won't. Yeah, ever. Ever. Yeah. Ever. For, like, no real reason. And then um, that kind of escalates into that day is like, oh, is this because of Marge? Is this, like, the you Marge don't know, The Marge problem. Like, you don't know how to get away from Marge. And Jude, and Jude Law Dickey reveals that he and Marge are getting married. Yeah. And he's like, I love Marge. And Tom says, well, you love me. You're not going to marry me. And Dickey says, I don't love you. Yeah. And in fact, I'm really glad to be getting away from you. I think this is best. Um, you can be a bit of a leech, Tom. Mm-hmm. You can be mm-hmm. a bit of a leech. Mm-hmm. Explosion of, ver- of words. Everyone says many mean things. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Tom gets too angry. So he picks up a paddle and he hits Jula on the face. That mm-hmm. was a scary scene. That was a. This was a beautifully executed scene. It was scary. Like his face burst open. His face gushing yes. blood, and it starts just a little bit, yep, and then yep. just like more and more and more. Yep. Similar again to that scene later in the opera with blood flowing. Yes. But, um, really. Yeah. Beautiful, scary. And they're they're fighting. They're like wrestling. Da da. And then eventually, Tom gets the upper hand, and just crushes him multiple times with a paddle. He's dead. Then boats floating around the water. Next uh, scene, Tom is... Or wait, wait. <sighs> the end of that scene first, though. Which is what? That they're just holding each other. Yes, the co- yeah, yeah. They're co- that's the ultimate psychosexual scene there. He has arranged Jude Law to hold him, his corpse. They're literally spooning each other. Yeah, in a pool of blood. Jude Law's dead corpse. <laughs> Implication, he could never get this when yep. Jude Law, Dickie Greenleaf, was alive. He had to have it when he was dead. But finally, now that he's dead... Killed by him. Killed by him. Cuddling him. Cuddling him. Yeah. Very PST. Very PST. Extremely (laughs) just blood spattered. Yep. Um, And I'll get to the differences in the books a second, but essentially here we're kind of seen as like, Tom is still hoping everything works out for the best. It's very sudden. They're out in this deserted boat that like, he just realizes it's never going to happen and that he's, he's ruined everything with Dickie. Yep. Forever, but he still. I read it as he just got gets angry and and swats him with the paddle, but he didn't. He wanted to hurt him, but he but didn't yeah, want to kill so, him, no. and was shocked by how much he hurt him. And then it turns into like a kind of self defense yeah. struggle like life for the or death. death kind of thing. Yeah. Like one of them was going to die probably, and so we see him murdering Dicky as like kind of an accident Mm -hmm. he doesn't really want to Mm -hmm. kind of an accident we also see when he leaves um the guy who the the concierge at the hotel Mm -hmm. gives him the key and is like oh you're a senior greenleaf right Mm -hmm. um and we see on his face he's like wait i could be Mm -hmm. senior greenleaf i could make this happen we see the wheel start to turn and that kind of kicks off him taking on dickie's identity however in the book um Tom actually, they are in the boat, but Tom has actually already realized that Dickie is over him mm-hmm. and he lures him in the boat to kill him really? specifically oh. um, and just completely catches Tom. They don't have a, they don't have a serious conversation. He just, he just like waits till he's turned around and whacks him, whacks him, Whoa. kills him, drowns him, like, uh, weights his body down. Cleans up the boat, takes all of his stuff, and it's all very, been very med- premeditated. Oh, wow, wow. Hmm. Um, Interesting. I wonder what the decision... Well, different type of character, I guess. So this uh, obviously also just becomes... This is where things start to get really complicated, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Second half is all about him taking on two identities, mostly in Rome, 
Uh, long and short of it is that Kate Blanchett, who we met very early on, who looks a lot blonde. like a young Claire Danes, actually. She does. Young Kate Blanchett yeah. looks so much like Claire Danes in Homeland. It's actually bizarre. Yeah, I think the cheekbones or something. Yeah, the yeah, eye. the hair, everything. Yeah. Looks great in it too. Looks great. So she's like a textile heiress, and they had met very early on in the movie when um, Tom was first coming over, and at that point he had already pretended to be Dickie with Meredith for not any great reason other than, I don't know, maybe he just wanted to in the moment. So he's now in Rome. He has killed Dickie. Uh, he's there. Meredith, uh, played by Kate Blanchett, ends up in Rome too. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's character comes to Rome too to look for Dickie. Kind of everybody's in Rome now, and it's just a constant dance. Uh, Freddie Miles is in Rome too, mm. and it's kind of a constant dance of Matt Damon's character alternating between being Tom and Dickie to different people, keeping mm-hmm. everybody kind of, the police, everyone, nobody knows, um, you know, everyone thinks both people are still alive, mm-hmm. and he tricks people who think he's Dickie and Dickie only one way, and he tricks other people who think he's Tom another way, and it's, you know, constant kind of costume changes and just constant lying. And one thing that is, I think, especially interesting about it is he keeps doing things that, as a viewer, you're like, why would you... No, like, you're putting yourself in unnecessary danger. Why would you do this? Like, why would you stay in Rome? Why wouldn't you just, like, go where nobody knows anybody and be Dickie Greenleaf? Or why don't you... um, Like, why are you unnecessarily making contact with Marge as Mm -hmm. Tom? Why are you doing all of these things that could put yourself in more danger? Um, but time after time, they kind of work out to his favor, mm-hmm. right? So, like, the fact that he riskily saw Kate Blanchett mm-hmm. ends up confirming for yep. Marge later that Dickie is alive yep. and maybe doesn't want to see her or does want to see her yep. because of some complications there. Yeah, so he's told Marge and everyone that Dickie basically doesn't want to be with her, wants to move to Rome by himself, like, isn't um, willing to kind of move forward in their relationship and just... Lots of lying. Um, what do we think was interesting scenes from the Rome time? Any any specifics that come to mind? Oh. I mean, we see Tom outfitting his new apartment. Oh, this is where he's really stepping things up. He gets the most palatial apartment yep. in Rome. Yep. Later on, the most palatial apartment in Venice is buying like ancient Greek yes. statue or ancient Roman statuary to put yep. inside it. And just, like, getting comfortable in this life of, like, this rich man of leisure. Yeah, he's, I think, continuing to forge Dickie's signature to get mm. money from his dad. Um, I like, speaking of that, the one scene where he has Christmas by himself. Mm. He has a little Christmas tree. and he Chestnuts unwraps. are literally roasting on an yep. open fire. Yep, he's drinking champagne and he's unwrapping gifts that he bought himself. He bought himself. He bought himself. Very psychosexual. Yeah, very, very. Or very psycho. Very psycho. Very psycho. Yeah. Also wearing Dickie's... Um, uh, dressing gown. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, Dickie's rings, which is something I never understand because anyone who knows about the rings also knows what Dickie looks like. Right. So there's no reason he should wear the rings. I think it's just tokens. That it's he, just tokens. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a very specific question. So, uh, Marge comes to Rome with her friend, Peter. Mm. Yeah, and immediately Peter's like in their first Peter. meeting. He's a very handsome man. This actor, have no idea who he is. Yeah, just beautiful, yeah. handsome man. He's kind of escorting Marge around. Like they go to the opera together. He's kind of like her friend in Rome, mm-hmm. and they run into Dickie, and this guy is just like immediately like vibing with him. Mm. Like like their first encounter, he just cannot stop like giving him his business card, telling him to visit him in Venice. 
immediately. I mean, and it's also interesting that he's like, oh, I've heard so much about yeah. you. So do you think Marge and them told him? I guess. Like which, they wanted to set them up? Well, which was interesting, though, because by this point already, you feel like Marge doesn't love Tom. No. And so it's strange that he should be hearing so much about Tom in a way that makes him excited about meeting Tom. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Peter does seem to be maybe this type of, like, a pseudo-out gay mm-hmm. man at mm-hmm. the time who's, like, maybe specifically living in Italy to be out of, like, out of England, mm-hmm. can do whatever he wants, can be whoever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that later, too, and he actually specifically is talking with Tom about, like, homosexuality in Italy a little bit, and he seems very comfortable with it. Um, yeah, so then let's now get to the series of psycho-thriller yep, yep, yep. points. So lots of Rome fun times, opera coffees, but then the killings start happening again. The killings do start to happen. Um, Starting with Freddie Miles. <sighs> yeah, so Freddie tracks down this apartment that supposedly Dickie's living in. It's really just Tom living there by himself. Mm. He kind of just comes to the apartment um, Tom gets away with pretending Dickie's not home in the beginning and they, you know, have a conversation. Freddie's very rude, but eventually leaves. On his way out, though, he runs into Tom's Italian landlady who's mm. like, no, no, no. Dickie is home. There he is. Points at him. He's like hiding upstairs, but his head is exposed. He's like, that's Mr. Greenleaf. So mm. Freddie comes back, comes to the door, and then Tom immediately kills him with a statue, bashing him in the head. Yeah. Um, and this was, this was an interesting scene, too, because, I mean, I think at the time that Tom kills Dickie, you also ha- are in this realm where you're maybe a little frustrated with Dickie. I mean, you think Tom is terrifying. Yeah. But, and you think Dickie is, like, beautiful and great, but you're also like, oh, I could see maybe yeah. how you would start to feel, yeah. like, whiplash so, from Dickie's moods, so right? so cruel to him. He was so cruel to him, cruel to Marge, like, cruel to a lot of people, um... Freddie, I think, is a character that we hate mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you don't want to see him. It's just one of those weird things where you don't love Tom, find Tom terrifying, really don't like Freddie. Just watching him be murdered was interesting. Did you actually, curious, did you find Tom sympathetic or likable? I think in the beginning, when he was kind of like trying so hard with. Dickie and Dickie was kind of wronging him. But I think actually by the time he kills Freddie, I, I didn't. I just found him terrifying. Yeah. He just murders this man, kind of gets rid of his body, um, and kind of doesn't really bat an eye. Totally. Yeah, it becomes, it becomes pretty easy for him to do that. So. And anytime he's stuck, he just has to kill another person. It just totally. Like, yeah. And then just to, I mean, I guess just to wrap it up, it's, it's too many beats to kind of hit every single one. But the last... Part of the movie, and this is where I really expected the movie to end quite soon, and then it actually uh, kept going for another 45 minutes Mm. or so. Really thought things were going to come to their conclusion (laughs) right away, but actually, like, oh, no, they go to Venice, and they're private detectives, and there's this, and there's that, and there's Marge, and there's Peter Smith Kingsley, and, like, you literally, he moves to a new city, and then there's, like, multiple romances, and it's just, it's it's a lot. Um, but it's, it basically follows that pattern of he continues being sneaky, like reassumes Tom's identity for a while, is going back and forth between being Tom and Dickie, lots of close calls. Yeah. Um, ultimately, it ends with, um, the, with Dickie's father coming home and, and coming to Italy and sharing the fact that there's 
um, been some, there are some dark parts of Dickie's past, some mm-hmm. violent parts mm-hmm. of Dickie's past that actually lead everyone to think that Dickie had killed Freddie Miles mm-hmm. and Tom is just kind of safe. In addition, um, just like Tom has always wanted to be Dickie's secret keeper, I guess, and most trusted person, Dickie's father, who initially trusted him with mm-hmm. this mission and whose fault it basically is that his son is dead. I mean, mm-hmm. he sends a psycho stranger that mm-hmm. he doesn't know to Italy, mm-hmm. gives him money, ends up killing his son. Um, but the father then says, you know, mm-hmm. if you keep this a secret, all of the stuff that we've learned about Dickie's past and, and the fact that we think that he killed Freddie and then killed himself, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to actually, all the money that goes to Dickie, I'm going to give you a bunch of it every month. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to get Dickie's allowance now, yep. which is exactly what Tom has always wanted. Right. He wanted to be Dickie, but now, even if he can't be Dickie, at least he can be Tom Ripley with money. Yeah. Um, and we see he's ending, um, he has finally a relationship, a gay relationship with Peter Smith Kingsley, um, you think it's happily after ever after mm-hmm. for him, which you feel conflicted about, and they they set sail for Athens. And at that point, I'm kind of thinking like, okay, yeah. I mean, he had this one horrible experience, but everything has been tied off. Like mm-hmm. everyone now just knows him as Tom Ripley. He never has to go back. Like there's no one else who knew him as Dickie Greenleaf when he was pretending to be that, and he can just he's safe and he has money. Um, but do you want to talk about the very end, yeah. the very final twist? So the final twist, they're on the boat, and he runs into Kate Blanchett's character, Meredith, mm. who he had briefly wooed in Rome, and they share a kiss. He pretends to be Dicky to her again, but then Peter catches them kissing, asks him about it. They're in their cabin together, and Dicky ends up killing him. And essentially it's because Meredith is tricky because she knows him as Dickie and she also knows Peter Smith Kingsley yes, and Peter yes. Smith Kingsley knows him as Tom and also knows Dickie. So right. So the, the threads are about to, if all of those threads think, came together, do you think he could have gotten away with, or do you think he had to kill him? Well, the first thing is what gets him into trouble is kissing her. And I don't understand why he did that. That, the kiss didn't add anything. Yeah. Why did he? And I also feel like he could have, gotten away with not even though he even though Peter saw him kissing her I feel like he could have gotten away without yeah he just that last killing was bizarre and he cried and he I don't think he really I don't know maybe he did cry for the other one but this was one where it was kind of very traumatic for him and the movie because he finally he had killed everyone else because they didn't love him he killed Dickie because Dickie didn't love him enough he killed Freddie because Freddie had always hated him and was trying to expose him yeah and this was someone who finally loved him for him. I know. And the whole speech Peter gives while he's killing him is all the reasons he loves him. It's I mean, very sad. Very psychosexual. Yes. Literally, he says, tell me some good things about Tom Ripley. Peter says beautiful things yes, beautiful. about him while he slowly strangles him. And yeah. then it, it fades off screen and you hear the words as he realizes that Tom is killing him. It's yeah. truly Awful. Yeah, it's awful. And I think we're... What, what do you feel about the end? Are we led to believe that he's, like, completely nipped things in the bud? Is he now going to have to answer to... I think, actually, one thing we were also supposed to realize is 
what would make more sense is for him to kill Meredith. I was just going to say that. The fact that he chooses to kill Peter instead of killing Meredith, maybe that suggests what he chooses, which is he'd rather be Dicky kind of person. My thought, actually, though, was he wanted to kill Meredith. He wanted to do anything but kill Peter. Yeah. Except... He says, are you alone on the ship? And she Uh, says, no, I have my whole family here. uh, And then the family actually sees her with him. um, So if she were to end up dead or disappear or like go off the ship, he would once again be implicated in a murder investigation, which he probably couldn't handle. And I guess the idea is Peter Smith Kingsley, all alone except for Tom. Yeah, I don't know. It was, yeah, I mean, so that's. That's, that's it. That. That's that. Did we have any other segments that we wanted to do? We do. We do. So that's our recap. Um, very exhaustive. Um, oh, also one other thing I wanted to say, though. Kate Blanchett, interestingly enough. So this movie, Talented Mr. Ripley, we should have said at the top, um, based on a Patricia Hacksmith book that's of right. the same name. Oh, yeah. Fairly, a fairly faithful adaptation. Um Interestingly enough, Kate Blanchett plays this small but crucial figure who like keeps propelling the plot along in different moments. Um, Kate Blanchett, most recently famous for <laughs> being the lead in the movie Carol, mm-hmm. which is also based on a Patricia Highsmith novel. So really, 20 years apart, mm-hmm. iconic roles yep. in gay Patricia Highsmith adaptations. Yes. So. Correct. Interesting. So a couple other segments just to wrap this up. Um, we wanted to share some some of other people's ratings and reviews. One thing I wanted to go ahead with, I watched this movie on Amazon uh, Prime Video, great free streaming service from Amazon uh, with your Shout Prime membership. Shout out to them. Um, definitely open to sponsorship. <laughs> um, but the Amazon summary says, in late 1950s New York, Tom Ripley, a young underachiever, which first of all, rude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we see anything to believe. I think I saw him as a hustler. He's hustler. a very gifted musician. He's like trying to make ends meet. Yeah. I don't think we have any, I mean, I think Dickie is an underachiever. Yeah, I do not I think, think Tom is. Tom yeah, correct. is just like a hustler, wrong side of the tracks, whatever. So yeah. Tom Ripley, a young underachiever, rude, is sent to Europe to retrieve a rich and spoiled millionaire playboy named Dickie Greenleaf. But when the errand fails, Ripley kills the playboy and begins to assume his life. Okay, Amazon, this is literally the first thing that you see when you look at this movie. You've given away the yeah. entire point of, of the movie. All of it. The murder doesn't even happen until two, two-thirds of the way through mm-hmm. the movie. <laughs> like, you watch It's not like this happens half. in the first scene. <laughs> the entire point is that it's surprising. Why are you giving this away, Amazon? Um, do you have any reviews that you wanted to share, though, from... Um, others? Or? I, I, I do not. Okay, yeah. I have a couple. Great. Um, so some Amazon user reviews. Three stars um, by SD. Pretty good. Kind of not believable though. Mm. Uh, how could he get away with that the whole movie? Are people in <laughs> Italy that dense? Come on now. So some skepticism. Yeah. Um, you hear that? I don't know. I was kind of here for it though. I was like following along. Yeah, I was like, there's language barriers. They're not, you know, Law and Order SVU. It's, also, it's the 1950s. Yeah, no one has smartphones. killed all the time. Totally. Um, Neognomic says, 3.25 stars, too long, dot, 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 and yet not long enough. <laughs> and I think that is the same point we made which today. Is, which is the same point <laughs> we made today. Two hours, 19 minutes, but totally. too fast. Also, like, 3.25. Is that how long they wanted the movie to be? <laughs> Um, and then finally, boring, couldn't make it past the first 30 minutes, which 
Rich, it gets really <laughs> exciting. Yeah, I would the say first, nothing happens yeah. in the first three minutes. You are correct. <laughs> but then, like, murder after murder after murder. Yeah. Rich, read the Amazon sur- summary. Yes, you would wait, wait for, for it. it. Yes. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't, yeah. So, should we go ahead and rate it on our psychosexual... Oh, actually, very oh, oh. last review yes. I have to share. Um, this movie will have you... So, Kimber says, fantastic five stars. This movie will have you captivated from the very beginning. I've seen it many times, mm-hmm. but it still keeps me on my toes. I disbelieve that. Yeah, many How can times. I just dis... I disagree. Yeah. Many times. Many times. No. no. I've seen it once. I will never see it again. I already know it happened. Yeah. It won't keep it wouldn't keep me on any toes. Um, and then you can't help but love Tom Ripley and want him to get away with everything. Mm. Did Jane write this review in the know. seventh grade? I don't yeah. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps. 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 Yeah. Okay. So, um, the, oh, in trivia corner. Do you oh. want to share some? Oh yeah, yeah. Trivia? Here is some trivia that we found on uh, the movie. The first fact is Matt Damon lost thirty pounds for his role in the movie, which is really That's impressive and surprising. Yeah. Do mean, you think like with why? why? Yeah, does Dickie like have to or, or Tom have to be like skinny? skinny? I don't know. Or I mean, did they want to make his build the same as Jude Law's? Oh, I guess he probably has a bigger build than Jude Law. It just, it doesn't seem like the part relied on losing 30 pounds. Was it just because he wanted to look great in the beach scenes? He did. He a did. A little skinny, though. Yeah. He looked skinny, but good. Maybe 30 pounds Shredded. too skinny. Maybe 30 pounds too skinny. Okay, why don't you give the second one? Um, this is the second film in as many years in which Jude Law plays an entitled young man impersonated throughout the movie by someone else. The oh. other film was Gattaca in 1997. Never seen um, it. Also never seen it, but yeah. crazy. And Jude Law, also in Side Effects, another PST oh, yes, that maybe yes, we'll yes. be discussing. That's Triple right. Sexual Thriller, Pumpkin yep. Spice Thriller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Want to share the other casting notes? Mm, casting notes, yes. So uh, Anthony Mangella, Mangella, Mangella originally wanted Tom Cruise for the role of Ripley, but after seeing Goodwill Hunting, he decided to cast Matt Damon. Which is crazy. Can you imagine Tom Cruise? No. Cr- I would not I want really, to see really Tom Cruise. I really, really couldn't. I couldn't. Although he would get the crazy down so well, but I don't... Yeah. I he think just, this he's was not made mousy for Matt Damon. Enough. Yeah. And then Leonardo DiCaprio was considered the role of Tom Ripley. Also weird. I could see him but, as Which I could Law. see. Oh, oh could Leo? See? I could see him right? as... Right? Couldn't he be Because like... catch me... This role is so catch me if you can. Yeah. Just like impersonating... Oh. But like in a less slush way. Because I also see him as like Wolf of Wall Street, so I feel like he could be Dicky. Totally. Like nuts. Totally. Okay, so then um, let's rate. So just want to close it out by rating it on our psychosexual scale of <laughs> one to ten. So, um, Deanna, what's your rating for how psycho the movie is? From psycho. One to ten? From one to ten, I would say like a seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. Pretty psycho. Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. go with. Yeah, I would even. I would even say eight and a half because that, yeah, that the the cut the blood cuddling yeah. at the end and the <laughs> unnecessary killing yes of yes lots of just blood and just active bashing and heads. like the impersonate just like the becoming is pretty creepy okay um how about sexual how sexual would you say it is on a scale from one to ten I think like I don't know it's so hard because it's not so blatant it's just this very mm-hmm. subdued. Yeah. sexual energy so like maybe a six yeah i would say four even oh, i mean okay. not a super not a super sexual movie yeah there's some attraction there but very little sex even yeah true um, i don't think any yeah that was shown other than uh marge and tom oh right that's also 
Other note from the book, very interesting. In the book, Marge is supposed to be super frumpy. Oh, Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. She's Gwyneth Paltrow, again, a vision. Yeah. It's going to be fresh-faced, beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Hmm. Um, and then just how much did you like it? It's kind of like, what would you give it? Scale of 1 to 10. Out of like 10 bloody daggers? Totally. <laughs> bloody say... paddles, I think. Yeah, bloody, yeah, yeah. Bloody yeah, psycho. paddles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe 7. Okay. You? Uh, I would say, I would I would give it an 8. I, oh, okay. I liked it. Again, like, it's giving me that, it's giving me all that, like, under the Tuscan sun, mm. Italy imagery, but also creepy, also surprising. Um, yeah, I feel like this would have been a great movie to see in theaters, knowing nothing about what happens. Like, yes. I would be along for the ride. Great. So. Awesome. Well, great. I think that's about that's a wrap. it for this so, week. Yeah, call us with your questions. Definitely. <laughs> um, check us out on, um, you know, all the platforms. Yeah, we'll, all of them. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Cruncher, Zipper. Wherever you get your... Yes, wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> Zip Recruiter. Yes. For sure. <laughs> Cash us on Foursquare. Yeah. <laughs> all um, right. See you there. Great. Okay. okay bye. Um, bye. Thank you.